Grace Hughes and this is the Wholesome Sister Podcast, the show where we talk about all things health and wellness and hear from inspiring entrepreneurs and experts in this space so that you can live your best and most holistic life. You can also check out more information on these episodes in addition to some amazing recipes on my Instagram account at gracekE underscore Hughes. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone, I hope you're having a wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode to yeah, hear about my own health and wellness journey. I've been super scared to, I guess, share my experience with my own health and wellness um, because yeah, it's obviously very personal to me and I have to be honest, I'm a bit scared of being vulnerable, but as I've learned over time that being vulnerable helps you grow and it's really important to be vulnerable because it helps, I guess, people to relate to you. And I'm sure that a lot of people went through similar experiences to me. Um, and yeah, anyway, I should probably just get straight into the episode. The other thing I wanted to say is that I'm going to try not to ramble on, but I know I will. And it's because I just want to speak from the heart. I don't want to have any specific structure to the episode because I just wanted this to be more of a sit down chat and conversation. And I wanted to be completely real and authentic with you guys. So I guess starting from my childhood, I was really fortunate. I grew up in a very healthy household. I guess a lot of my healthy habits, I guess I grew up with from my mum. Mum was amazing. She always, I guess, emphasized the importance of eating whole foods without, yeah, she just made it completely normal for us. Like it wasn't it wasn't like she was trying to restrict us or anything like that. Like she would always just, yeah, emphasize on eating whole foods. We never really had much like processed foods in the house. Um, and mum did a lot of cooking from home. So I would always remember like everything that we would eat usually was homemade because I'm from the country. A lot of the food quality in um, the small town nearby to me is is not great, but um, yeah, mum was amazing. She really, yeah, emphasized on eating plenty of fruit and vegetables. Like I remember after school, if we were hungry, she always said there's fruit in the fridge or, you know, and so we would snack on carrots and that as kids. And um, she always, I guess, encouraged us as well to be active and well, she didn't really need to encourage us. I feel like all of us were really sporty kids, but yeah, she always encouraged us to go outside and be really active. And so did my dad. Um, dad loved his sport as well. So I was very lucky, I guess, growing up because I learned a lot of healthy habits. I think the other thing that I was really lucky with is that mum never demonized food at all. Like she never said food was good or bad. She just said like, this is a food that you would have on like maybe on the weekend as a treat when we go up to Perth or, you know, um, just a holiday treat. Like I remember sometimes on school holidays when we go up to Perth for the Perth Roll Show or something like that, she would get us some Nutri-Grain and that would be like a special treat um, or we she might get some white bread or something like that. So we were really lucky. Um, I got a lot of balance, I guess, in my childhood. And then um, I moved away to boarding school when I was about 13 years old and I needed to move away. I was really, I guess, struggling in my small town, I guess, it was just, yeah, it was very hard, um, like socially and, and I just wanted to meet new people and, um, I guess learn a lot more because the education in small towns isn't great as well. 
Um, but yeah, so I went away to boarding school and I absolutely loved boarding school. I was really, really fortunate. I had a wonderful year group of girls who became like family to me. Um, and yeah, I had a very good experience in boarding school. And I guess for the first few weeks of boarding, (laughs) I do what, sorry, I did a lot of what other, um, new boarders do. You go down to the shops and you buy all the crap from the shops that you can get because you know that your parents aren't there to stop you. And it's funny, I work in a boarding school now and I still see it happen <laughs> with the new year sevens and eights. But I realized like probably doing two weeks of two weeks of eating, I don't know, processed food from, you know, the local shop, shop or whatever, that it just didn't make me feel great and I didn't really enjoy it. So I, yeah, just sort of resumed back to my old habits and just sort of ate what the boarding house gave to us, which was sort of like a buffet style meal. And I'd always make sure I'd have salad because that's what mum had taught us from a young age. And so it was, yeah, very easy for me. Um, And then I guess going into more my later teenage years, I guess, maybe from like year 10 onwards, that's when I started to get introduced to the idea of dieting. And unfortunately, when you're in an all-girls boarding school, I guess diet culture can be quite toxic and and body image can be such a big thing because girls are constantly comparing themselves to each other. And um, yeah, and that's when I started to realize that maybe I need to change my body because I noticed that other people were going on diets and not eating and people would be going to the gym and wanting to change their bodies. And I kind of then thought to myself, well, maybe that's what I need to do. And so I guess I didn't really diet as much in year 10. I sort of started going to the gym. I wouldn't say I went to the gym really for like aesthetic purposes, maybe a little bit, but I actually just love being active. Like I've always been such a sporty kid. So I would always play loads of sport, but I loved going to the gym um, and working out. And and I just found it really fun and, and running and that sort of thing. Um, And then in year 11, I guess that's when I started to really get into, I guess, more dieting. Um, And I, I remember just calorie counting and it really upsets me now because if I think back to that time, I really didn't need to calorie count. I really didn't need to diet. I was eating well enough as I was and, you know, I was pretty active. So there was no reason that I needed to change. It's just that I felt being in that boarding environment that I had to change because that's what everyone else was doing. Um, and yeah, you start comparing yourself, I guess. And yeah, so obviously getting into dieting, I started to get introduced to the idea of being aware of nutrition and what we're putting in our bodies. And that's when I guess my real passion for nutrition started because I would just love reading and learning about what's in foods, not just from a calorie perspective or for a weight loss perspective. I just wanted to know more about how food can affect us and the way we function. So I just loved it. And I became like this really nerdy, um, you know, 16 year old girl going for massive, you know, long runs um, and listening to podcasts on like neuroplasticity and epigenetics and anything health related. I absolutely loved it. And, um, and this kind of carried me through to year 12, but I guess year 12 was really one of my turning points, I guess, to my health. And that's when I started to get really unwell. So for those that are listening to my podcast and know who I was when I was, um, at school, I was an extreme perfectionist. I wanted to be perfect at everything and I wanted to do, be the best at anything, not compared to other people. It's just, I wanted to be my best self all the time. And still to this day, I guess I I have that expectation of myself, not as much now, but when I was in school, I had a really high expectation and 
I remember I had this most ridiculous routine and I have no idea how I did this, but I used to get up at about 6.30, 7 o'clock and I would do like a, a Pilates or a yoga workout and then I would study before school. Then I would go to school and study all day. I would cram my, you know, recess and lunch breaks with meetings and, and different co-curricular activities. And then so I actually never got time to sit down, hang out with my friends. And and then I, you know, straight after school, I would put down my bag and get on my running shoes and I would go from not just a little, you know, 2K run. I would go for like a proper 12, 13K run, um, listening to more podcasts. And then I would come back and then I would study for hours and hours and hours after that. And then I would go to bed and I would repeat this every single day, including weekends and I have no idea how I did that. And whilst I thought I was thriving, I really wasn't. And something that I've come to learn about myself is that generally speaking, I don't notice when I'm stressed because I guess I always thought that stress would, you know, you would be feeling really anxious and then you'd have a lot of thoughts in your head. Whereas I didn't feel like that. I feel like stress for me manifests physiologically and by being unwell. And that's what happened to me. I got really, really unwell in year 12, but I was spending pretty much a whole term at home um, on the farm because I was not well enough to attend school. I wasn't even well enough to walk. I became extremely fatigued. I was fainting all the time and simple tasks like just chatting to someone became so hard for me. Um, You know, someone would just walk past and that noise would set me off and I would just pass out and, and, and find it too much and eat things like eating. And like, I remember I had to crawl on the floor because I was worried of standing up because I would just fall over and my parents had to carry me all the time. And it was like that for a good few months. And it, it's really hard reflecting back on that because I was really unwell and I really just didn't look after myself because the whole time, that I was unwell. I just wanted to study. I wanted to get back. I wanted to do better. And I knew I couldn't exercise because I couldn't walk. But I remember when dad would be off on the farm and and mum would be out, I would secretly study, even though they told me not to. Um, I would study because I just wanted to do well. And, and I just kept refusing yeah, what I was going through. And I just kept studying and studying and studying. And the more I, re- I guess, ignored what I was going through and tried to suppress it, the worse I got to the point that eventually I just had to just throw my hands in the air and just say, look, Grace, like you just have to acknowledge that you can't, you can't study anymore. Like you just have to just take a complete break and, and just let everything go. And, you know, you'll catch up and, um, you know, things will work out, but there's no point in, in beating yourself up. And so that was a really hard time and I was really unwell. And I guess that's when I started to get, um, introduced to the idea, I guess, of wellness and understanding a bit of about the importance of balance and, and taking breaks and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I guess I, I did that for a while and, and then I was well enough to go to school. I have to admit, I was still not well when I was at school. I, I wanted to go back to school so bad. Like I I used to pretend that I was fine. And then as soon as I'd walk in the gates, I would just collapse because I wasn't well enough. But I used to lie because I wanted to go back and I wanted to do so well. But yeah, I, when I finally got better, I guess, to go back to school, um, I still really struggled because, 
I had a lot of work to catch up on and I still had a lot of um, co-curricular stuff on my plate and yeah, it was, it was a really hard time, year 12 was. Um, and just socially, I, I went through a, a few relationship issues and, and that also just added a lot of pressure on me. And I just found year 12 very hard. And I think reflecting back on year 12, and I'm just going to say this now, I that's one thing I completely regret was not having fun and not enjoying my year 12 year. I spent the whole time just trying to do well and it did not serve me whatsoever. And really, when I reflect on my year 12 experience, most of the time I just reflect on the stuff that I was doing, like the things I was studying and then the sport was I was playing and, and working out. But I don't I don't have many like memories of chatting to my friends and doing all of that sort of thing. It's not that I didn't have friends. It's just I was I never had time because I was always studying or, or working or doing something. So I completely regret that time well not regret I think regret's a bad word to use but that was a complete learning experience for me and and I'll talk about this later I guess on how my perspective now on balance has shifted um, when I'm studying but I'll chat about that later anyway so (laughs) yeah that was a a fun experience I also was not um, eating enough food so I was working out a lot and I was dieting a lot but because once again, there's this idea in a lot of people's head, the heads that to have a bad relationship with food, you have to be like anorexic, like really, really skinny, like the typical anorexic figure. And I was thin. I was thin, but I, I that's not my body type. I didn't get that far, but I just wasn't eating enough. And I know I wasn't. I was, you know, skipping meals and going on huge runs and I wasn't fueling my body correctly as well, which I think definitely exacerbated a lot of the issues and symptoms I was going through. Anyway, so I kind of got to this point where I was like, you know what, I want to study nutrition, but everyone's telling me not to study nutrition because I won't get a job in it. And so I don't know what I wanted to study. And I, yeah, I just felt completely lost and and just frustrated with everything that had happened that year that I was like, I just want to go. I just want to leave and I want to do something different. I want to challenge myself and, and, and just leave. Like I wanted to go. So, um, I remember one of my friends saying, Oh, I'm thinking of working in this boarding school in England. And I was like, Oh, I want to do something like that. So I actually applied for it. She ended up not going and, and I ended up going by myself, which was actually, you know, probably a good thing because it meant that I got to have my own experience. Um, but yeah, I got the idea from her and, and I didn't really think too much. I was like, you know what, I'm moving to England. And everyone's like, really? Like you hate, (laughs) you hate the cold weather. Like, why would you go to England? I was like, no, it'll be a fun experience. Like I want to do it. And so bought my ticket to uh, England, got all my visas, everything. And then I moved across there. Um, and wow, that was an absolute shock to the system. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) no, my gap year was amazing. It was actually, um, I had a lot of really fun experiences, got to see so many different places. I was really fortunate, um, because I was working at a boarding school that had schools on Saturdays. It meant that I had a lot of holidays more than a lot of other gap students. So, um, yeah, I had probably about four or five months of just backpacking. Um, solo and and yeah it was it was actually such an amazing experience and reflecting on it it was actually one of the best years of my life but also I had some of the hardest moments in my life too 
And I think the reason why it was such a challenge for me was that not only had I literally just been in boarding school for, you know, five years and, and then I just moved to another country. I'd never really traveled before. I'd never, definitely never gone by myself and I didn't know a single person. And that was really hard for me because I'm such a social butterfly and I thrive off connection. And I found it really hard. I found I was really lonely when I was working, um, particularly with my hours. And yeah, it was a, it was a really hard experience um, in that regard. And so I guess part of I wouldn't say this was the, the actual reason why I moved to England um, and moved across the world. But I would argue part of the reason why I moved was I just wanted to escape the problems that I was experiencing in year 12. And well, it didn't help. <laughs> in fact, it actually was hard because not only did I have to actually face those issues because I had time to face those issues, I also had to face those issues completely alone. I didn't really have, well, I had no family there or anyone that knew who I was. I, <laughs> yeah, I just remember having some really hard moments and I don't, really know how much I want to chat about this to be honest and and how much I want to share and maybe this is something that I can share in another episode because when I feel a little bit more comfortable to be I guess more vulnerable with you guys but that was a I had some really hard times and mentally I was not in a good place whatsoever I had a really poor relationship with myself um, and my body and my mind and everything like I was just not in a good place whatsoever but I didn't tell anyone for about 10 months and that was the worst thing that I could have ever done. And I remember I got to this point where um, one of my friends finally came over from Australia and we went traveling together to Greece and um, she caught me in one of my moments and she said, hey, like what's going on? Like, you know, something's up. And I just completely burst out into tears and, and told her everything. And I remember that was like, one of the most important conversations I've ever had in my life. And the whole time I'd battled, battled what I was going through completely alone. I didn't want to tell anyone because I was embarrassed. I also just didn't trust anyone. Um, and yeah, I was, I was going through a really hard time and, and it was amazing that I managed to finally share it with her because that's what I needed. I needed someone to just listen to me and to give me advice and, and help me sort of see what I was going through. And that was an amazing conversation and I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing that was going on my gap here was that I had like moments of complete highs and then moments of complete lows. So when I was traveling, which was like every five weeks, I was like going to a new country or a new place pretty much. Um, I would, um, yeah, like I would, have that massive high of seeing a new place and meeting new people and socializing and partying and that sort of thing. Like you do in your gap year. And it was fun. Like I had massive, like a, so much fun at those times, but then on those off days where I wasn't traveling, I was then having to deal with the consequences of not dealing with my emotions. And so I guess as well, that was just something as, as well that was adding to yeah, what I was going through was that I was just going through this roller coaster of emotions all the time from going to extreme highs to extreme lows. So like I said, that year was one of the best years of my life, but I definitely had some very hard moments that year as well. 
Um, and then when I was in Greece as well, after having that conversation with one of my really close friends, um, that's when I actually got my journal out and I started just, and I journal all the time, but this is when I really just was completely vulnerable and really, really reflected on myself. And I just asked myself, I was like, what's going on? Like what I need to change. This can't keep happening. I have a choice. I have a choice to completely love myself or um, hate myself for the rest of my life. I have that choice. Yeah, sure. You have friends and family who always will love you and and be there for you. Um, But at the end of the day, the only person that can really be there for yourself 24-7 is you. You have that choice to be there and be that kind person to yourself and your own best friend, or you can be your own enemy. That's up to you. And when I just realized that, that's when I was like, okay, I do not deserve to treat myself like absolute, excuse my language, shit. I don't, there's no need for me to do that because how is that going to benefit me? How is talking to myself in a negative way going to benefit me. It's just going to make me feel worse. So that's when I was like, right, I need to change my mindset. I need to change the way I look at myself. And, and then I know that that will change how I interact with others and, and my quality of life. So that was a really important, I guess, experience of just journaling and really self-reflecting. And I guess towards the end of that year, that's when I was sort of coming out, not coming out of it, but I really just started making those changes. And then I flew back to Australia and that was 100% what I needed. I think going home and being surrounded by my beautiful family and friends um, was what I needed. And don't get me wrong, like I had some amazing friendships whilst I was, you know, living away from Australia. But the issue is, is that though, and for those that have traveled would understand this, is that particularly when you're backpacking, you meet someone for a day. And you don't think you're ever going to see them again. So you actually, they become your best friend for the day and you share your experiences, but you don't talk about what's actually going on. You don't talk about when, you know, a family member has passed away or, you know, when something bad's happened, like you don't talk about that sort of stuff. And, and then also the people that you do meet and make friends with, they don't actually know who you were from the past. And they, they know what you're like on your gap year when you're your most, I guess, confident and outgoing but they don't actually know about your insecurities. They don't know about what you've been through. And I guess because my prior friendships were really deep because I lived with them and they were more like family to me, I needed that connection. I needed that. Um, And it was really hard, I guess, when you're living away to be able to stay in contact with people the same because the time difference is different and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's what I just wanted to explain is like, yeah, I did definitely make friends and, and, you know, there were some beautiful people that I met on that year. It's just, it's not quite the same as the friendships that I had at home. So coming back to Australia was exactly what I needed because I was surrounded by my family and friends and, and yeah, I feel like that's when I really started to recover what I was going through, um, And yeah, and also on my gap year, the other thing, sorry, I'm just rambling on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, one of the other things that I really learned on my gap year is that the coolest people you would meet, which you meet a lot of cool people when you travel, is the ones who are completely authentically themselves and do exactly what they want and don't listen to what anyone else says. 
And that's why I enrolled in nutrition because I was like, you know what? People have told me not to study nutrition because people had told me to study nutrition because they knew how passionate I was about it. But there were definitely people in my life who were saying, no, don't do it because you won't get a job out of it, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, or you're smarter than that. You know, you don't need a high ATAR for that. So I, um, yeah, I was like, no, I want to study nutrition. So I enrolled in nutrition um, and I actually started studying whilst I was backpacking. So I remember like watching lectures on trains and things like that. That was fun. Um, But then I came back to Australia and then I, um, yeah, um, then I came back to Australia and I went on campus and I studied at Endeavour College and I saw Chelsea Costa speak. And Chelsea is actually on episode two of the Wholesome Sister podcast and we talk about skin health. But I would argue that she actually was one of the major influences who, I guess, yeah, influenced me to move into naturopathy um, because I remember her talking about how she wanted to study sort of the medical sort of science pathway and um, but she found that it was not holistic enough and, and that it didn't really look back into what the root cause of the problem was, etc. And she also loved nutrition. So she enrolled in nutrition and then she moved into naturopathy because she realized that not only could she study nutrition, but she could broaden her scope of practice and help more people and, and I guess treat more in a holistic manner. So she moved into naturopathy and, and found the power of herbs and that sort of thing. And yeah, anyway, I just completely resonated with her experience. And it's funny because looking back on it, I never in my life would have thought I would have studied naturopathy. I actually used to be a huge naturopath skeptic. Um, yeah, massive naturopath skeptic because <laughs> I, yeah, like I didn't really understand what naturopaths did. I remember one of my friends used to see a naturopath who I presume he practices in a very traditional old school sort of manner um, because that's not really how I guess evidence-based naturopath naturopaths practice um, but she was saying that how um, this guy would look into her eye which is iridology and would say that she has kidney issues and all of this stuff and and that's what I'd heard about naturopathy and I was like no nah, that's not going to work like there's no such thing like you know, you can't just look in someone's eye. And now I realize that that's like a traditional practice in naturopathy, but it's not um, that naturopathy is a lot more to that. And um, so, yeah, I guess my relationship and understanding with naturopathy has completely changed over time. And I figured I might just talk about it now, actually, um, about what naturopathy actually is. I wanted to chat about it because obviously that's what I'm studying and it's a massive part of my life now. And I want to talk a lot more about it in future episodes. And I feel like it would really help, I guess, a lot of you guys really to understand, um, yeah, what it is. So essentially the role of a naturopath is not actually what a lot of people think it is. It's either a lot of people will think of naturopathy as I don't know, some hippie practice where they like dance under the moon naked and pray for someone to heal. Okay, that's an extreme version, but like I'm just trying to give you the idea that some people think it's a very hippie practice and then there are others who think then that naturopathy is basically like a GP, but instead of prescribing her um, medicines, we prescribe herbs, which both are, in my opinion, inaccurate. Maybe the second one to a certain extent, but actually, in my opinion, what naturopathy is, 
is actually treating the root cause of a problem. And the reason why we treat this way is to prevent it from not only manifesting into other chronic conditions, but also from getting worse. And so that's why I don't think that saying that a naturopath is like a GP who prescribes, you know, herbs instead of medicine is really accurate because that's actually not what we do. Yes, we prescribe herbal medicine, but we do it only when we feel that it will give relief or help support a certain system. But at the end of the day, the priority of a naturopath is to really understand the whole person and treat the root cause of the problem and make sure that that's dealt with. Um, So yeah, that it doesn't manifest into other chronic conditions. And I think the other way I'm going to try and explain naturopathy is actually by giving an example, because it's very hard, I guess, to summarize in a definition of what we do. So I feel like giving an example is a much better way of explaining it. So for example, if you have depression um, and you were to see a GP, for example, they would often say, okay, sounds like you've got depression Um, here's a referral to see a psychologist and here's some antidepressants or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that all GPs will do this, but generally speaking in, and in my experience and what, from what I've heard from other people, that's sort of how they practice. Um, and yeah, now there's nothing wrong with antidepressants and for a lot of people that saves a lot of lives. So nothing against that way of practicing. It's just that when you see a naturopath, we look at it from a completely different perspective. So when we see someone who has, say, um, diagnosed with depression, we want to know why they have depression. Do they have a really healthy diet? Do they have, do they exercise? Do they sleep enough? Are they on any medications that could be, I guess, giving them these depressive symptoms as a side effect? Do they have a family history of depression? We want to know all these things so that we can understand why they have depression and also to prevent it, like I said, from manifesting into other chronic conditions. So let's say, for example, um, this person has depression because they have a really poor diet, low fiber um, and a really high processed food diet. Now, the problem is, is if you were to just get antidepressants from that, yeah, you might get symptom relief, but at the end of the day, those poor habits and choices could then manifest into other chronic disease states such as type 2 diabetes or cardiovascular disease, um, you know, or gut dysbiosis or SIBO or whatever it is. Um, Like that's the issue of not actually looking at the root cause of the problem. And yeah, so that's exactly what we do. We also look at a person from a holistic perspective. So we want to know about not only just you know, your symptoms and, and your actual, I guess, physical health. We want to know about your mental health. We want to know about your family situation. We want to know about your environment that you're in. We want to know absolutely everything so that we can treat in the best way possible. And that's what I absolutely love about naturopathy and I guess has helped myself heal my relationship with food and my body because I've come to realize that health is a lot more than just nutrition and what we eat. It's it's about the way we live, the people that are in our lives, and also the connection we have um, not only with our friends but with ourselves. There's just so much um, to the world and, and to, sorry, to health than just, as I said, nutrition. And I've just absolutely loved that. And I think as well, um, 
kind of, I guess, steering back onto actually my own health and wellness journey, I, over time, I had to, because I was very restrictive um, in year 12 and then in year, on my gap year, I was very like, I... I went through like a restrictive sort of phase where I was very strict with what I was eating. And then I went through a phase where I was just like indulging all the time, obviously, because I was traveling. Um, and then when I came back to Australia, I guess that's when I started to try and find a bit more balance with my diet. So I didn't, I just let myself eat intuitively and eat what I felt like. And yeah, at the start, it was a lot of processed foods because I had like restricted it for a period of time. But over time, it didn't really appeal to me as much. And I just started from, you know, scratch. I just wanted to slowly build back into being healthy over time and not do it in a restrictive manner. So over time, I made small changes and increased the way I was exercising or changed the way that I was exercising um, and maybe change, like manipulate meals a little bit just to make it slightly healthier, still not cutting things out, but just doing that over time. And over time, it's really benefited me. Um, and I love the way I eat now. I, yeah, have a really, you know, good relationship with food and yeah, sure. I have my down moments and my non-perfect moments, but I definitely have a more balanced approach and yeah, exercise I've always done. That's never really been an issue for me because I love it. At the moment, I'm trying to reduce how much high intensity stuff I'm doing. Um, I want to try and like to focus more on strength training and Pilates, I guess, because I feel like it's a bit better for my stress levels and my hormones. Um, but yeah, love my exercise. Um, and I meditate as well. I've incorporated more mindfulness and, and journaling. And the other thing that I wanted to, I guess, return back to talking about was balance and, um, yeah, my, I guess, perspective on studying now compared to what it was in year 12. And my friends know me that I, I say this like a broken record, but at the end of the day, I always want to make sure that every single time I'm studying or whatever that I'm enjoying it, like it's, there's supposed to be an enjoyable experience, but also in my opinion, I would rather forego a couple of marks because I just gave a bit of time to seeing some friends because at the end of the day, I want to reflect back on my uni days and have fond memories of my friends and, and going to different places and you know, going on road trips and doing those sort of things, because that's what I'm really going to remember and appreciate, not the marks that I got. And it's the same thing with I'm, when I'm studying. I really it's not very hard for me because I actually love when I'm studying, but I really try and study with a positive mindset and, and enjoy it and and really yeah embrace the world of nutrition and and rather than just like studying from books, I've found myself, you know, continuously listening to podcasts like I used to really, but doing a lot of my own research and, and just getting myself involved in the world of health and tropathy. And I guess it's another reason why I wanted to start my own podcast as well, because I wanted to share some of the knowledge that I've developed over time and my own experience. And podcasting has really, I guess, or listening to podcasts has really helped me in my own health and wellness journey it's where I've learned a lot so I wanted to be able to share that with you guys and and um, interview some amazing guests that have some really incredible knowledge and stories to share as well so 
Yeah, I'm definitely happy with where I'm at now. Love what I'm studying. Also really fortunate I have got a really supportive friendship group who I also would argue have contributed to my health and wellness journey because they support my my goals and my dreams and they uplift me and they inspire me and they're incredibly wise as well. So I'm very lucky with my friendships and and the life that I live now and yeah and I think I'll do plenty more episodes on on other different aspects of my health and wellness journey because honestly I'll be talking for hours but the other thing that I just sort of wanted to briefly chat about is that I definitely am not perfect all the time and I'm really going to make a conscious effort on my podcast on my Instagram to be completely transparent with my life because I feel like a lot of influencers give off this idea that they're always happy all the time or that they're always perfect and that you know, they have the perfect bodies or they have the perfect diet. And that is not me. Like I, sure, I I actually eat pretty well and I exercise a lot, but I'm definitely not perfect and I'm not happy all the time or healthy all the time or in a good state all the time. And yeah, that's why I want to be completely honest with you. And that's why I try not to overly edit my podcast because when you guys listen to me, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to hear the perfect edited version of me where I don't ramble and where I don't muck up my words or whatever, because that's not me. I muck up my words all the time and I'm not perfect. And that's what I really want to try and share with you guys is, is that I'm not perfect. And yeah. And so I feel like, as I said, there's just so much more that I could talk about my health and wellness journey. And I really appreciate you guys listening to my story. And I guess if you have any questions feel free to send me a message I love chatting to you guys I I also love the feedback It, it really warms my heart how many beautiful people are in my life and the support that I have so yeah feel free to send me a message or share this episode if you loved it um but yeah anyway if there's anything more you'd like me to chat about as I said send me a message so that I can record a future episode but anyway have a lovely week guys and yeah thank you so much for tuning in Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you could rate this podcast and share on your Instagram or with your family and friends. I hope to see you next time. Bye.